I never went to a, a spring formal or prom dance or anything else. My feet just wasn't made for dancing. Some people, it, I believe it comes natural too. My youngest daughter, Caitlin, when she was in the house, she just walked through the house singing a song. The whole time, she just gyrating and dancing and finger popping the whole time. I, it just wasn't in me to do it. And uh, one time I did, which was all Holy Ghost. And Kim said I looked like a Comanche Indian on a war dance or a rain dance or something. I said, well, must have been a rain dance because the Holy Ghost came down in that service. But here lately when I've been praying, God has been saying the strangest things to me. Like, you all just dance for joy. David brought the Ark of the Covenant home. The Bible said he took his, his kingly robe off because the real king was being brought in behind him. Took his kingly robe off. The Bible said he danced before the ark of the Lord with all of his might. Man, I read that text just the other day and I began to weep. Because Michael, his wife, Saul's daughter, that had been given to him in marriage, the Bible said when she seen him dancing before God, worshiping with all of his heart, she despised him. He embarrassed her. She said, man, you made a spectacle, a fool of yourself. In front of all your subjects, in front of all your kingdom, you embarrass me today. He said, baby girl, you ain't seen nothing yet. He said, I brought this ark back home. He said, I've heard about what God did. I heard about him parting the Red Sea. I heard about him keeping the children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness and their clothes never wearing out, their shoes never going bad under their feet, God raining bread down on them every day and making water gush out out of the rock. He said inside that ark of two tablets of stone, God pinned out with his very finger the law of God. And there's a rod of air and it budded and blossomed and brought forth fruit as God called out and chose Aaron over the sons of Korah. And then there's a pot of manna, angel's food, the Bible called it. It's in there. He said, a testament to God's faithfulness, to God's power, to God's glory. He said, that ark ain't never been here throughout the duration of my life and we ain't never had church like we're about to have church. <laughs> Amen. I don't know why. It's, I don't know why now, why this season of my life, every time I pray, his goodness, I'm telling you, God is pouring himself on me. Just the weirdest thing. Can be in the bed asleep or the house be empty. I'll be in there in the living room praying. Just That ain't no good dance moves. That's all I got. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling the Lord I love him. He's good to me.
good to me. Hallelujah. I'll just have a brother, a brother uh, Joshua Murr sent me a private message a few days ago. He's a brother out of Oklahoma City. He watches every service. He'll be watching this one, I know. I love you, brother. I appreciate you. He is a, a follower of Brother Keith Malcolmson. Brother Keith is, was a one of the School of Christ directors for Brother Clendenin in Ireland. He has a YouTube channel, a pastor's a church, a powerful preacher of the gospel. And uh, if you ever want to hear some good preaching, you find him on YouTube, Keith Malcolmson. He, he has a regular YouTube stream where he preaches the gospel. And for the last couple of years, his wife has battled cancer and they were believing uh, God for her healing. She didn't receive any treatments. She was just going to believe God by faith for her healing. Well, he sent me a uh, private message and said she had been hospitalized and she was not well at all in her body and the doctors didn't give her any hope. He said, but we understand God's our hope. Her faith is strong in the Lord. And, uh, we're, Brother Keith's asking all that you know, know him and love him to, to pray and so I did that I just began to have a prayer meeting solely for her and it, it just spilled out for her and to every, every one of you that I knew need, need a miracle from God for Sister Rada for praying for Sister Debbie and just everybody I knew that needed a healing in their body and I, I can't explain to you how how powerfully the Holy Ghost came over me. And uh, her name is Sister Candace. She, she passed last night. And I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I surely believe as powerfully as I felt your spirit sweep over my soul as I prayed for that pastor's wife whom I've never met but who you burdened me for. I was so persuaded that healing virtue had flowed to the other side of this world and healed her and the Lord spoke to me and he said, what you felt was my overwhelming grace and strength and goodness that's gonna, that's gonna undergird that pastor and support him at the passing of his wife. She's in my presence, but he needs me more than he ever has and what you felt is what I'm going to pour out upon him to help him in the days ahead. Amen. I don't know what you hear, what you what you need, what you're desiring God to do. But I'm telling you, his goodness and his mercy and his grace is overwhelming. I want to say uh, thank you to uh, Taylor. She's been in the nursery in my office this week, those of you that may have helped her, she's in there painting and she's dolling the nursery up, making it look better, and I appreciate her so much for that. Those ceiling tiles are, I don't know what's going on in there, if it's just the heat, humidity through the weeks, making them sag and droop real bad, but I gotta get on top of that and, uh, and fix that. But I appreciate our ladies that uh, help us with our little ones in the nursery. We want to make that 
uh, a more uh, delightful experience for them. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to read this morning out of the book of Psalms, chapter 3. We'll allow our, uh, our, our children to be dismissed to children's church this morning. Appreciate our little ones, Sister Paige. Psalms chapter number 3. just going to read one verse this morning. Verse number three. I don't know how well you can hear this morning, but uh, if you can't hear me, I'll ask Brother Jason just to turn me up a little bit because I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to scream and holler a whole lot because uh, I'm preserving what little vocal cords I got left. Uh, so that I can preach again tonight. Brother Corey's gone. And uh, having to try to preserve enough to sing and, and do what we need to do uh, for our services today. And uh, Sister Helen extended the revival there to church and asked me to just continue on with her tomorrow night. So uh, you pray for my voice and God will give us strength and help us to be able to be an encouragement to somebody in the Lord. Psalms chapter 3, so good to have uh, Sister Tammy, Brother Steve's daughter, and granddaughter service with us today. They've come a long way. Amen. I appreciate them for being with us today in the house of the Lord. Psalms 3, verse 3, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. My glory and the lifter up of my head. I want to preach to you on this thought. You'll understand it a little better as we get into the message, but I want to title the message Look on Us. Look on Us. Father, we thank you for the word of God this morning. We pray and ask you that you'll anoint God that you'll touch this feeble voice. God that you'll give me strength and body to be able to share your heart with your people today. I thank you, Lord, for this precious body of people whom I love with all my heart. And God, I pray you pour out your spirit upon them today. You know every need setting under the roof of this building, those that are watching via live stream and many faithfully every week. God, I pray that you'll stretch your arm outside of this sanctuary and reach even to where they are, even Brother Keith Malcolmson. God, as his heart is heavy, all the way in Ireland today, I pray, God, that you would be a strength and a comfort to him, oh God, to others that are hurting or may be in need of divine miracles today. Churches, oh God, who are pouring their heart out, God, asking you for a spiritual awakening that we call revival, God, in the midst of very difficult times and circumstances. We pray, God, today that you'll meet us in this altar. You're a Savior, oh God, that you would stretch forth your hand to save. God, knowing you're a healer, that you would stretch and extend your hand of mercy and grace and power to divinely heal and to deliver and set free from every infirmity 
and from all affliction. God, today that you would fill us and refill us with your precious Holy Spirit. We ask it together in Christ's name. You love the Lord with you say amen. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. Yeah. It was custom and tradition throughout Israel that when a man was mourning, when a man was grieving, many times he would put on sackcloth and ash. He would rend his garment. And in such a state, maybe it wasn't even in a state of mourning or grieving, even if he was heavily burdened, troubled in his mind or afflicted, that he would be in prayer and fasting and he would put on sackcloth and ash. He would rend his garment. The Bible said that when he walked, Look, look down. Someone would greet him. He wouldn't greet back. Because that meant I'm under a heavy load. I'm under a heavy burden. I'm under great affliction. It was a sign. If they wouldn't even look up. Don't, you know, don't mind me. I'm not of the spirit or the countenance to be happy or to be joyful. This is my burden that I'm bearing. And just please pray for me. Please ask God to help me. Please, you know, extend unto me your condolences or your sympathy or your mercy and see the load that I'm under. See my grief. Yeah. See my burden. And under such a burden, the psalmist cries out, Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory, and you are the lifter up of my head. And as tradition of the Jews says, that if ever a man were to see you in sackcloth and ash and with rent garments, if ever anyone greeted you, saluted you, or tried to love on you, and you would not lift up your head, if he or she would walk to you and take their hand and grab you by the chin and raise your head up, that they were saying to you, I see your grief. I see your, your affliction. I see your sorrow. And whatever it is, I'm here to help. I'm here to help lift it off of you. I'm here to help bear your load or bear your burden. And David is saying to us in this psalm, God has seen my affliction. He has been a shield for me. He has been unto me my glory. He has been the lifter up of my head. God has said to me, I've seen your sorrow. I've seen your plight, your misery, your affliction, and I've lifted up your head and said, I'm going to take it off of you. I'm going to carry your load. 
I'm going to bear your burden. In Luke 21, in verse 28, we see it so beautifully told by our Lord. When these things begin to come to pass, he's speaking of the last days, the signs of the end times. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up. When life is burdensome, when sorrows, the beginnings of sorrows are beginning to come upon the face of the whole earth. The Bible said a time when men's hearts will begin to fail them for fear of the things that are coming upon the face of the earth. When that grips humanity, then I want you to remember that my coming is nigh at hand. And I want that to encourage you. I want that to cause you, your head to be lifted up. I want that to bring joy to your spirit and to your countenance that my redemption draweth nigh. He said, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable, behold the fig tree and all trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all the, these things that shall come to pass uh, and to stand before the Son of Man. He said, don't let the trouble of the last days overtake your heart and cause you to be so overwhelmed with grief that you're caught up uh, in surfeiting. Surfeiting means overeating, overindulging, partying, living it up, drunkenness, and the cares of this life so that you miss his appearing. He said, but on the contrary, watch you therefore and pray always that you could be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are going to come to pass and that you'll be able to stand before the Son of Man. Just the very hope that we have in Jesus that this world is not our home. Biden's economy is going to fail. I'm telling you, they're breaking this thing. Just yet, uh, Friday, it was all in the news. The Senate mansion sold out. He's bought into Biden's agenda. They're going to they're passing new legislation. They call it the, you know. Inflation reduction bill, unbelievably, it is going to increase tax on everybody that makes less than $400,000. They're increasing tax upon oil and gas production to make gas go even higher. What it, what, it's like a drowning man. Instead of throwing a life preserver, they're putting their foot on his head and saying, we're just going to put you out of your misery. $4.65 billion goes uh, 
to increase the IRS's capacity to audit everybody in this room, the people that are working and, and making and trying to survive. They want to dig more tax dollars out of your pocket uh, and try to help put you under. There is an agenda on of the Antichrist to destroy the current system and, and to make everybody beggars so that when you're so desperate, when you're so in need, that you will march to his beat, that you will bow to his every whim and want and command. Jesus said, don't be overwhelmed that this system is collapsing. Don't be overwhelmed that the nations of this earth are going to fall into distress. The Bible said hard times like the world has never seen, beginning of sorrows, will cause men's heart to fail them but in those times, my hope, my word will be the lifter up of your head. Remember that it means when you see this, uh, know that the end is near, even at the door. Know that I'm about to come and part the eastern sky and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you're going to be also. Think about the, the resurrected Savior. Think about loved ones that have gone on before and now await us uh, on heaven's shore. You're about to be reunited. There's going to be a camp meeting in the sky. Oh, my God. That's my hope. That's my hope. I'm losing hope in government. I'm losing hope in the restoration of America. I don't see any hope for the world on the horizon. But what I do see is the church's greatest hope. What I do know is that if the Lord is about to return, I do believe that we're living in the last of the last days. And knowing that I serve a merciful and an almighty God, that he is again, just as he did the early church, God always sees the end in the beginning. And just what God did in the beginning, he said, I'm going to do again in the end. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you how I know that. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, yes. it'll be that way again right. in the days wherein the Son of Man comes. As it was in the days of Lot, it'll be that way again in the days that the Son of Man comes. It was never darker, never more wicked, Never more time when demonic strongholds oppressed planet earth like it was when Jesus came the first time. If you don't think it was wicked, God Almighty put on a robe of flesh and became a man. That's what your Bible said. God took upon himself the form of a, serp, a servant and made himself of no reputation. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld him full of grace and truth. He came into his own and his own received him not. The world was so wicked that the religious rulers of the day called Jesus Christ the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They called him Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And they said you cast out devils by the power of the devil. 
And they attributed the works and the power of the Holy Ghost uh, to the works of Satan himself. They murdered, Peter said on the day of Pentecost. You murdered uh, the prince of life. Uh, but God has raised him and made him both Lord and Christ. It is now shed forth this that you now see and hear. In those days, it was never darker days uh, that when mankind murdered, uh, God wrapped in flesh. Uh, demonic powers and strongholds, uh, the prince of the power of the air and the God of this world had so filled men's hearts uh, that they could murder the prince of life. Uh, but God said in such a day, I poured, I opened up the heavens uh, and I poured out my spirit. Uh, Hallelujah, my church turned the world upside down. You can know that if it was as it was in the days of Noah, if there's going to be a repeat of that, as it was in the days of Lot, homosexuality, there's going to be a repeat of that. As it was when Christ came the first time, they murdered the prince of life, a hatred for Christ at an all-time high. But I, as a counterweight, I poured out my spirit upon all flesh. I'll repeat that work in the last and final days, just preceding the coming of the Lord. You can know that in these desperate hours, God is going to match the desperate times with an unmatched outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God will strengthen. God will enrich. God will empower his church. I feel like in every prayer meeting, in every time I seek the Lord lately, I feel God saying to me, you're about to see unparalleled outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There's a stirring. There's a hunger. There's an awakening. You're about to see things that your eyes have never seen. You're about to see a harvest be brought in. It won't be the work of my hands. It'll be God's doing. And God said, you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be afraid. But what I'm about about to do is to lift up your head. I want to tell you if your gospel is all about riches and wealth and prosperity in this life, you're going to be mournful. You're going to be sad. Your heart's going to fail you. All you've been chasing for are the things of this earth. But if your heart has mourned and grieved and wept over the sinful state of humanity, over the plight of this world, marching to the beat of the Antichrist, if you have grieved over wayward loved ones, lost sons and daughters, lost husbands or wives, lost brothers or sisters, if you have begged God for revival and outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your community or in your uh, nation, all oh, your heart is about to be revived. He said, I am the lifter up of your head and God don't lie. God don't break covenant with man. God keeps his promise. To lift up the head or to raise one up is to relieve his or her distresses or to take away his or her trouble. Such a helper, David says, 
he had always found God to be. He looked to him as one who is able to help him still, no matter what he feels or what he faces. That is, he feels that God can so entirely take away his present grief as to reinstate him to his former happy and honorable condition. Amen. That's what commentary read of Psalms chapter 3. To, to be the lifter up of my head, God says, I am deliverance from your enemy. Psalms 27 and 1, a psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple, for in the time of trouble, <laughs> in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up. Now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me, and therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Hallelujah. Yeah. They just passed legislation against us. They just put their foot on the head of a drowning man. They're against the private business, private industry. They're against capitalism. They want to break the bank. They want to bankrupt the system and start over with some new one world currency. I don't know what they're up to, but God said in the time of trouble, he'll lift my head up above mine enemies and cause me to offer sacrifices of joy. In the tabernacle of God. In the midst of trouble. He said I'm going to be your praise. In the house of God. Thank you Lord. To be the lifter up. Of my head. Means that he's deliverance from the enemy. And it also means he's deliverance. From bondage. And the prison of oppression. Genesis 40 and 12, Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it, three branches are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. Thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou was his butler. The interpretation of Joseph's dream to the butler. He said, after three days, he said, Pharaoh is going to lift up your head and restore you to your former place in the king's palace. Hallelujah. You understand the prophetic nature of that? 
after three days, amen, the Lord is going to be the lifter up of our head, the church, and restore us to the glory that God gave Christ. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. To be the lifter up of our head is deliverance from the enemy, deliverance from the bondage and the prison of oppression. To be the lifter up of our head is to be deliverance from death itself. John 19 and verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. But then in 1 Corinthians 15 and 24, then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he shall put all things under his feet. When he saith that all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. He said there's coming. Jesus bowed his head in death and submitted to the grave. He said, but there's coming a day when all things will be subject unto him. Amen. That death itself shall be cast into hell. Oh, my God. He led captivity captive when he rose from the grave. And there's coming a day when the, all that are dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And death and hell shall give up the grave. That means hell being interpreted the grave. Death and every grave is going to give up the dead. There's going to be a great resurrection day. Hallelujah. He said, in that day, I might have bowed my head in death, but in that day, amen, I'll make all even that are in the grave to be raised up. And your head won't be bowed in death, but it'll be raised. It'll be lifted up. You're going to be raised incorruptible. You're going to be raised immortal. He said, let that uh, be an encouragement to you. Wherefore, encourage one another with these words. Uh, wherefore, let your head even now be lifted up in joy because I've given you victory even in death. This message is our message. This hope is our hope. The hope of the world. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And, certain, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. 
man's lame in his feet. They lay him there at the gate every day. Because they said, if you're going to find mercy and help anywhere, it'll be in those who love God. Every time somebody passed by, that man most likely had on sackcloth and ash. Most likely his garment was rent to show his state of affliction, his pitiful state. I was born in infirmity. I was born in bondage to this disease in my feet, to this handicap in my body. I was born this way and there's no deliverance. There's no help for me. He's looking down, but he's holding up a cup saying, would you have mercy on me? Would you help me in my infirmity? Would you help me in my affliction? Would you help me in my bondage and in my captivity? Would you please relieve some of my suffering? Peter fastened his eyes on him. And the Holy Ghost living in him. Being God Almighty in the third person. The one who's the lifter up of our head. Looked down at that man and said, Sir, look on us. Sir, look on us. Don't stare down at your feet. Don't stare down at your helpless state. Don't stare down at your depression and your oppression. Don't stare at your impoverished condition. Don't stare at your infirmity. Don't look down in hopelessness and in helplessness, uh, but lift up your head and look on us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. You can just move Peter out of the way. You can just say that that was the Holy Ghost in Peter. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up stood. And walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising, not Peter and John, not the church, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our power or our holiness we have made this man to walk? 
the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The Lord said to me, I'm about to lift up your head. This world is about to see things done in my temple and my house. It's going to make them wonder and marvel and amazement. He said, I'm going to put the words in your mouth that no man can speak against that'll point to Jesus Christ who will be the lifter up of their head. When a corrupt, wicked government cometh, saith God. You shall marvel, wonder at my glory, at my goodness, at my mercy, saith God. For I will thrust the sickle into the harvest field. I will gather all men unto me, for all souls are mine, saith God. Every seed that has been sown from my word, from the everlasting gospel that has laid dormant in the heart of men, will I reign upon it in these last days, said God. Will I reign upon it with the rain and the outpouring of my spirit, and it shall bring forth, and it shall yield an increase in my word, will not return to me void, saith the Lord. As the rain and the snow covereth the earth, so hath my seed been laid in the heart of man, and I will bring it forth. I will show myself mighty to save, and I will work wonders in your midst. For I have made an everlasting covenant with you through my Son, I will not fail to perform my word, saith God. I will not fail to show forth my power and my glory by my spirit, saith God. Behold, the day comes when you shall marvel and wonder at my goodness. And I will lift up your head from your oppressors. And I will deliver you from your plight, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. I long for the day. 
lukewarm Christians' hearts will be set afire. The people that are comfortable in giving God one hour a week will marvel at the wonder and the glory. The power of Almighty God and the things of this earth will fade away. They'll fall head over heels in love with Jesus. Their body will become the temple of the Holy Ghost. God will fill them and pour himself through them and all God's people will be prophets. All God's people will be evangelists. All God's people will be missionaries. All God's people will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. This world will truly see the resurrected Son of God working in the midst of of his church and we will reap a harvest I long for the day I truly believe that day is upon us I truly believe that when the devil has put wicked men in power that are plotting against all humanity marching to the devil's beat I do believe that God is about to trumpet God is about to defeat him just as soundly as he did at Calvary. He's about to defeat him again in these last days and deal to him a final death blow through the church, the glorious church. One that'll be without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. One that'll be decked as a bride adorned for her wedding day. One that'll hear him say, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter in. I don't know what you came in with this morning. God gave me a very simple thought. He said, tell my church that I am the lifter up of their head. To look on him this morning. That is their message to a hurting world. Look on us. Our help has come. Kirsten will come this morning. If you're able, I want you to stand. Here this morning you're lost. Your help has come in the person of a Savior. He's come to deliver you from the bondage and the oppression of sin. He's come to lift up your head to say, your deliverance is nigh at hand. If you're sick in your body, I firmly believe your healing has come this morning. The nail-scarred, pierced hand of our Savior is going to stretch from the heavens. He's going to put his hand right underneath your chin this morning. He's going to lift up your head say, I've come to Lift the infirmity off of you today. I've come to deliver you from the bondage and the oppression of your sickness, of your infirmity, of your disease. I've come to lift it off of you this morning. I fully believe there's healing in this house today. I believe you'll ask him. He'll refill you and rebaptize you. In the fire and power of the Holy Ghost, he'll make you his servant. He'll make his ministers a flame of fire.
Hallelujah. He'll use you to thrust in the sickle and to bring in a harvest. You'll see your family want to Christ. He'll lift up your head where your loved ones are concerned. He'll bring them into the fold and show you his power to save. He'll meet them in this altar this morning. He's going to do wonders in our midst. That's God's word to 